Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. Thank you to the loyal friends of the show for putting up with me and being patient. Uh, you know, I just question that anybody listens at all especially if I can uh, not so much take a whole month off, but not put a show out for a whole month and uh, not get any kind of uh, feedback about that, with the exception of Chris Riley. Thank you, Chris Riley. Uh, however, that all being said, long story as to why I haven't put out a show for like four weeks, and I do apologize for anybody that actually gives a shit, but uh, multiple trips to the dentist, multiple oral surgeries, Really, just at the end of the day, I have bad jeans and bad teeth. I brush three freaking times a day, and it doesn't seem to matter. So now, in my mid to late 30s, I am paying for it. Oh, I am paying for it. And that's what's going on. I I could barely even like you know conjure up uh, any kind of intelligible sentences for the last few weeks. So that's what's been going on. All right. Apology, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Let's get to the freaking rock and roll. That's why you're here. Anybody that's new to the show, you'll get it after a while. We play 10 songs on here. I'm going to do a four-parter retrospective here. I'm, I'm coming back with an epic. <laughs> that's for damn sure. And, uh, you know, I July came and went. It was the 40th anniversary of this country's bicentennial. It, it doesn't mean that much to me. I'm not trying to be a shitty American, but I wasn't alive in 1976. I was born in 79. Still consider myself a 70s guy, but... Yeah, I figured since 1976 was a great year for music and for rock and roll in general uh, that I would do a 1976 retrospective. And this is going to be a four-parter, like I said. Broken into different sections of the year. I'm going to do two parts, and I'm going to bookend part one and part four with major acts of 1976. The ones that came out, people knew them, they were popular, or at least they have a name at this point. Uh, also going to do an entire episode of Deep Tracks, and that's going to be bands and artists that some people may know, but not everybody, and especially back then, they may not have been aware of their existence at all, maybe still to this day. So kind of more of a Rock Strikes 10-based episode coming up with Deep Cuts, and then one of the other parts is going to be Rookies of the Year, and as I do that, as that part happens, I will challenge anybody to find a better rookie year for rock and roll the 1976. It's a pretty stellar list. But before we get to all that, let's kick it off with part one of the four-parter. Going to do major acts here. Bands that people bought and, and love and still love to this day from that year. We're going to kick things off here in super stellar fashion with, of course, one of my all-time favorite bands, Kiss. In 1976, they released not one, but two major rock and roll albums, Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over. Ah, uh, yes, the 70s when your favorite bands could potentially put out two records a year. But at the very least, they were giving you one a year. How freaking cool is that? And since they've actually been playing this song on their tour this summer, I figured I would kick it off with Flaming Youth. Turn it up. Flaming 
Kicking off the show here this week, part one of the 1976 retrospective. That was, of course, Kiss and Flaming Youth from Destroyer, technically from the Destroyer Resurrected album, which is Bob Ezrin's 2012 remix of that album. And, uh, remix is a strong word, honestly. You know, with all the channels that were available at that time, basically was able to reroute all of the different tracks, turn everything up. And you've got a better version of Destroyer. I honestly back the quote-unquote remix of Destroyer, Destroyer Resurrected. I, I back that more even than the original Destroyer. I recommend you get that one if you don't have it already. And shame on you if you didn't already have Destroyer. But now you've got a good excuse to go get Destroyer Resurrected. Speaking of Bob Ezrin, he played organ and calliope on that track. Yeah, there was actually a calliope on Flaming Youth. How funny is that? And like I mentioned before I played that track there, if you go see KISS on this summer tour, you will hear Flaming Youth. How cool is that? When I went to see them earlier this year with NOLA, we saw them at the Choctaw Casino in Duran, Oklahoma, and that was the first time they had played Flaming Youth since 1976. So that means that we were at a very special event in history, and yes, I am super pleased with ourselves about that because, uh, you know, that that's what uh, music nerds do. We... You'd love to be there when those kind of things happen. It's a nice, pleasant surprise when it does. All right, speaking of live, I'm going to go to uh, what has to be one of the biggest and most popular albums of 1976, Frampton Comes Alive. Yes, Peter Frampton. And, you know, for those of you out there, I'm, I, I know you've heard there's like two or three songs on Frampton Comes Alive that get played to death on the radio. If you turn on your radio right now on Terrestrial Radio or even Sirius or whatever, you will hear a Peter Frampton song. It's the Kane Hackman Theory from PCU. Peter Frampton, those songs are everywhere. They're monsters. Uh, they're so big, they just made it impossible for him to have another hit apparently afterwards. But Frampton Comes Alive is pretty damn cool if you listen to it top to bottom. I will prove it here with this track. Check it out. A deep cut from Frampton Comes Alive. Continuing with our 1976 retrospective, this is It's a Plain Shame.
All right, there you go. A little Peter Frampton there from the album that came with packets of Tide in the mail. That was Frampton Comes Alive. That was It's a Plain Shame. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if you've never heard that before. I, I actually just picked it up just a few years ago. I never owned it before, and I figured that, uh, you know, I think you lose a little bit of rock credibility if you don't own that record. I, I, I don't see a defense for not owning at least one copy of Frampton Comes Alive. That That's how I feel. Did you hear him on Howard Stern a few months ago? He was awesome. Super cool stories and uh, pretty cool hearing acoustic versions of those monster, monster singles. And hell, yeah, of course, Humble Pie. His great work in Humble Pie. Go back and check the, those records out especially. So, All right. Keeping with the Guitar Hero theme here, how about two Guitar Heroes? Yeah, a little double axe action. Gonna play some Thin Lizzy. Much like Kiss, Thin Lizzy put out two great albums in 1976. Of course, the classic, their most famous album, Jailbreak. Gonna go with the other one here. They put out an album, like, what, seven months later called Johnny the Fox. Super cool record. There's not a bad Thin Lizzy record, really, is there? Check this one out. This is a great song off of a unheralded Thin Lizzy album, which means it's not from Jailbreak. So here you go. Thin Lizzy and Massacre. <laughs> There you go. Hope you enjoyed that out there. That was Massacre by Thin Lizzy off of their album Johnny the Fox, of course, from the year 1976. Yeah, can't go wrong with Thin Lizzy, right? Yeah, damn right. Okay, here's where I realized that I don't have the same popularity as a lot of other rock and roll podcasts because I go and do things like this. Oh, Joey's going to go off on a musical tangent now. Ooh, yeah, here's why I'm not popular. All right, but I own it, man. I don't give a shit. I listen to what I want. It doesn't make me any more cooler than anybody else. It just makes me me. 
and uh, even went to go see this band a couple of months ago with Nola. It was the kickoff date of their summer tour, still out there hauling it, no pun intended. If they come to your town, go see them. I'm not even kidding. Gonna play you something by Daryl Hall and John Oates. This is from their second RCA record in 1976 called Bigger Than Both of Us. And, uh, you know, I definitely had to wiki this fact because I wasn't sure. I thought that Sarah Smile was the number one form on their previous album in 1975. However, since Rich Girl was the big song off of Better Than Both of Us, that was actually their very first number one single. Of course, that's usually not how we roll on Rock Strikes 10. I'm going to play you this awesome deep cut off of Better Than Both of Us. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you, these guys are legit. This is Do What You Want, Be What You Are. Good message there. That's why I like it. Reminds me of me. Do 
All right, there you go. Some legitimate R&B and soul from Hollow Notes there with Do What You Want, Be What You Are. Once again, great message. And uh, yeah, those guys are legit, man. And back before Video Killed the Radio Star, if you didn't uh, like buy the record and you just heard them for the first time on the radio, and a lot of radio programmers and DJs and just fans, uh, some of them didn't realize that they were white. So they got play on the black stations more than the white stations at the time. You listen to songs like that and you can understand why. Hell, even the Dramatics covered that song a few years afterwards. So much respect to Hollow Notes. I don't care what anybody says. Those guys are great. I, I damn near celebrate their entire catalog to quote a great movie. All right. Let's get back on track here. Yes. Just puns galore tonight. Let me tell you. I'm back. I'm back. And what better way to be back than with a perennial favorite? Getting you back. On the Rock and Roll Express, this is Germany's Finest Scorpions and Catch Your Train. Check it out. Virgin Killer, 1976, of course. That was the Scorpions. Catcher Train. Very heavy track. That record, uh, I think, kind of represents uh, them really getting into the metal. And uh, it's it's a good record. It's too bad it was maligned by that stupid-ass album cover. 
so where it's always going to be referred to as that album. But there's some cool tracks on Virgin Killer, so find the uh, alternate cover and just uh, forget about that other thing and uh, check out a great rock and roll album there in Virgin Killer by the Scorpions. Moving on to America, and of course, Boston's favorite sons, Aerosmith, put out what is arguably their greatest album. At least I think the hardcore fans will say that Rock's is their greatest album of all time. 1975's Toys in the Attic will always be the overall favorite, especially for the 70s, as far as sales, radio play, and all that stuff go. But Rock's is the hard rock fan's record, so if you don't own Rock's, you should. It's a five-star record. Here's proof positive. One of the heaviest songs that Aerosmith ever did. This song right here, Nobody's Fault. Turn it up. Nobody's Fault from Aerosmith's five-star classic Rocks album. Hope you enjoyed that up there. Hope you had it up really loud. So loud that either the neighbors could hear it or 
The neighbor next to you could hear it on your headphones. That's the way to go, right? All right. And, uh, you know, I, I remember back when I was a kid, the first time I heard the lyric, there she was, buns up and kneeling, I was a wheeling and a dealing, had no idea that that was actually a lift that Steven Tyler had taken from the great Frank Zappa. The song I'm referring to is the song Girl Keeps Coming Apart from Permanent Vacation. That was a lyric directly from Frank Zappa's Dynamo Hum. And uh, we're going to play some Frank Zappa right now. Not that song, because that didn't come out in 1976. Frank put out a billion records in 1976. His most notable one is Zootalurus. And I got to say, like, it's not a bad starter. There's so many Zappa records if you're not in that universe. But I will say Zootalurus, one of the reasons why it's one of the great Frank Zappa records is it's a little bit of everything. Because, you know, Frank was known as a guy who did about... 15 different genres and this has like a handful of them in it. there's some comedy rock there's some instrumental rock so like it's just it's a nice hodgepodge of styles from frank so not a bad place to start you know like if you just see it around pick it up zootalorus is a great record i'm actually going to play the title track off of that we've been really heavy the last couple of songs nice little instrumental here kind of cool you out a little bit and of course Experience the genius of Frank Zappa and this instrumental great Zootalorus. Check it out.
Alright, there you go. A little Zootalores from Frank Zappa, 1976. I kid earlier, I said he released a billion albums in 1976. That was his sole release in 1976. Go figure, right? I'm going to send that one out dedication style to my buddy Steve out in California who emailed me about uh, the fact that he's listening to the show again because he has a longer commute now. So stay safe out there on the road, Steve. Uh, Ansley Dunbar did not play drums on that track. That was actually the great Terry Bozio who came in. Uh, one of his earliest recordings with Frank, and he played on that. But uh, yes, I agree with you about Ansley. The guy is great. Hey, I may just do a whole Ansley Dunbar show at some point. What do you think of that? Let me know if you'd like to hear that. All right. I think that's a good segue out of Zootalores into this track. Because, uh, you know, I think this is probably the most progressive that this artist ever got on this record. Because... Uh, at this point in his career, no stranger to doing double albums, and this is no exception. Uh, an album called Blue Moves by Elton John. And uh, Elton had been riding this huge wave of success, and I think around 75 is where there was just a little bit of a decline as far as like the albums, as far as like how they were received. Uh, I personally love those albums, and I think Blue Moves is one of those great underrated albums that most people really haven't heard despite the fact that it got a platinum status i mean no one talks about this record anymore but uh this track especially the first like full-length song off of the album i think this is the proggiest that elton john ever got it's really cool so check it out let me know what you think of this one off of blue moves this is elton john and one horse town
enjoyed that one there the great freaking song and uh, i'm really glad with the fact that elton realizes that's a great song you know he doesn't play it live much anymore but even after years and years he would still go back to it because i mean the man knows how great that is one horse town and you know i i say decline earlier but in 1976 elton probably had one of the biggest hits of his entire career which wasn't even on blue moves you know still releasing those singles you know, by themselves, not even on the record at that point, and a lot of bands were still doing that. Uh, but, you know, Philadelphia Freedom in 1976 was a freaking monster song. I wasn't even alive when that came out, but I know it was because I know people that can't stand that song because apparently they were playing it like every half hour on the radio. So, And they still play that song on the oldie stations, but uh, yeah. Not a big fan of Philadelphia Freedom. I say buy Blue Moves. It's, it's the better choice. That's how I feel about it. Chances are you probably have an Elton John Besta with that on there anyway. So, you know, I'm just looking after you. All right. And speaking of Elton, he had a lot of dealings with this next band when he was just at the peak of his power in the 70s. He could call on a band like this and say, hey, would you like to sing on my record? And they're like, yeah, we would. I mean, you know, you know, we're we're pretty popular, but you're like really popular right now, Elton. I'm sure that's how the conversation went down. But just the fact that Elton John could place a call to the Beach Boys and they'd show up and do harmonies and backgrounds on his albums, dude. Imagine how popular you are that you can just pick up the phone and do that. At least that's how I imagined it went down. So, all right, but uh, yeah. Gonna play some Beach Boys. I love the Beach Boys. Maybe it's another reason why my show isn't so popular with the rock guys. But once again, what was that message earlier? Do what you want. Be who you are. Yeah, something like that. That's what I'm going to do here. I've actually played this song on the show before. But I put it up there in one of the great cover songs of all time. Yes, the Beach Boys, they put out like a half originals and half cover record in 1976 they were touting the quote-unquote comeback of brian wilson where he came back to the stage and would perform for the fans not the best idea in the world because he was still a mess but you know hey hindsight is 2020 right uh 15 big ones from 1976 Uh, i like a handful of songs off of it but i gotta say this song right here completely salvages the record and uh you know the fact that this isn't on any best of or anything I, I just this is one of my favorite things they ever did just because it's one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time and the arrangement on here I think is just awesome and when you get through like the you know once it starts you're going to be like this is really freaking weird and bad and why would Joey like this wait till it kicks in I'm telling you it's greatness so here you go this is the Beach Boys and their version the Fats Domino's Blueberry Hill. I found you 
There you go. Blueberry Hill by the Beach Boys. I like it. You know, maybe you didn't like it. I don't know. But I, I, I love that version of it. That's not even the best cover song they ever did. You want to hear the best cover song they ever did? Go check out the album Wild Honey. They do a cover of Stevie Wonder's I Was Made to Love Her. It's fucking awesome. They even say son of a bitch in it multiple times. Like, you would never expect the Beach Boys to do something like that. Maybe someday I'll play that on the show if I haven't already. But if I ever do a show where I play my favorite cover versions of all time, that would be on that show. Anyway, let's finish off part one here. You've been a beautiful audience. Let's finish up with this. Uh, Hey, I think we can all agree on this band, right? Queen, is there any argument? No, there's not any argument. Queen's still riding high in 1976. They just came off a monster album, Night at the Opera. So they kept the Marx Brothers theme going with Day at the Races. And uh, this is one of the standout songs from it. I mean, this is it's kind of an all-over-the-place record. I love Tie Your Mother Down. I love Take My Breath Away. Uh, but this is, of course, a fun song. I think a good ender for part one. Let's keep it nice and loose and campy with good old-fashioned lover boy. Not with you, think of me 
Dashing in the good old fashioned school of lover boys Closing off the part one of the 1976 retrospective four-parter, that was Queen doing one of their, what I like to call one of their vaudeville tunes there. Good old-fashioned lover boy off of Day at the Races. I like Day at the Races. What do you want? It's not sheer heart attack, but then again, what is, right? All right. I hope you enjoyed part one here of 1976. Join us on part two. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do on part two. It's either going to be the deep cuts or... Or the rookies of the year. We'll see, depending on what my mood is. But I'll have it out in a few days as a reward for your patience and me not doing a whole show for an entire month. Man, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of shows I got to get to. Uh, not so much on the back burner, but there's a lot of stuff brewing. After we get through with this four parter here, got an episode with Logan coming out, and he's going to join me not for a death show, but for uh, we just kind of sit around and bullshit. And we do a five and five, what we consider to be some of the greatest, greatest hits albums of all time. Yeah, we have a nice, fun, geeky roundtable about that. Uh, got a couple of in-house guests, first-timers. I'm going to tease that. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I do slightly believe in the jinx there. If I talk about it, and then it's not going to happen and they're not going to show. Uh, and I've never had these people over to my house before. I'm I, I'm not nervous because of them. I'm just... You know, just want to go down good, and, and, and I'm sure it'll be fine. So stay tuned for that. An in-house guest, maybe another extra in-house guest, a friend of a friend that uh, has some really cool doings in rock culture. Uh, that's another tease. So, man, and there's like three other themes I want to do. Got another new music show almost ready to go. So there's like ten freaking episodes that, uh, you know, I'm either I'm putting the songs together for it right now. So stay tuned. Big things doing here on Rock Strikes 10. The second half of the summer is going to be awesome. And just uh, stick around. Please go to cnjradio.com for every single episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that iTunes doesn't have on the feed anymore, and shame on them. And, of course, on the rest of the CNJ Radio, tons of things to do on there. The Synaptic featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. That show will be back soon. Randy's a busy guy, but whenever he gets around to doing a show, I love it. I think it's a great show. Go listen to the archives there. All those episodes are up on iTunes. The Synaptic, S-Y-N-P-A-T-I-C. I should spell that more because, yes, it is an odd word that we do not use in our uh, daily vocabulary. The Synaptic. All right. And also on cnjradio.com, Chris has these awesome movie reviews for Last Theater on the Left. Plus, uh, you know, next day reviews on all the wrestling shows. Uh, for those of you into pro wrestling, I am. You all should be. Check out cnjradio.com for wrestling house show blogs. And, of course, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro song. New album out coming soon. And that is one of the episodes getting ready to come out at some point here. Pete's going to come on the show. We're going to have a good old time. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody out there. I'll see you in the next one. Have fun.